because you're jumping back into the gut. All right. Hey, Coach. Welcome to the Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Oliver. I appreciate you joining us for this week's podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit basketballimmersion.com for more coaching resources and access to all the basketball podcasts. I hope you will give us a shout out on social media, on Twitter at Bball Immersion, or on Instagram at Basketball Immersion to help me continue to share the game. Enjoy the episode. Coach, is awesome to have Joe Jones with us. Coach is going into his 10th season as head coach at Boston University, where he's won a Patriot League championship and been named Coach of the Year, and real excited to be able to dive deep into some topics today. Coach, welcome to the podcast. So excited to be on, Chris. We're looking forward to talking. Well, as am I, especially when we, we discussed and came up with this topic, which you suggested, and that was talking about goal setting. And probably it's never been done in this way to be able to do a real deep dive into how a coach uses, implements, and tracks goals. So coach, maybe just start with, talk to me about how important goal setting has been for your program. Well, I think the, the whole thing, Chris, that I felt that a couple things that one, um, I've been coaching for a while now. And the one thing I think that I struggled with was um, having having a vision, uh, having a shared vision with my players, making sure that they were um, thinking about the same things I was thinking about, uh, that I was being consistent with my message on a regular basis, not kind of jumping all over the place to, you know, today it's, it's um, transition defense tomorrow. It's rebounding. Just trying to get some consistency uh, with, with with what we were trying to do, and trying to keep them focused on those things. And so that's how it started. And then I think it just materialized that I felt like it was something that was able to kind of keep us on track uh, in terms of what we were trying to do. And then, as you can see, that they were you know kind of um, overlapping from spring to summer to fall to the game goals. It was very similar messages in terms of what we were trying to, uh, to send. Well, that's great. And, uh, you know, you, you call this basically this creating culture with goals. And can you talk just about this connection between goals and the culture? Yeah. So the, the, I think the big thing, and it started here, Chris, with what, you know, we had a we had a year, uh, 2018, 2019, uh, that I really felt it was the first time I felt like, you know what, we really didn't compete. Um, and so I wanted to make sure that our guys fully understood when I was talking about what it meant to play hard. And I think, you know, sometimes that's pretty ambiguous that kids use. You, you say, you, you know, I'm telling you, you're playing hard. They say, you know you're not playing hard. I'm telling them, they say I'm playing hard. And then there's, there's that disconnection. So um, we wanted to make sure that we were saying things to them uh, and there was a connection there. And so we started with playing hard. Well, what did it mean? And, and, and so we defined what playing hard meant. And so when we went into the spring, that was the single most important thing that we did. And so we talked about contesting every shot. We talked about physicality in the paint. Uh, we talked about rebounding. We talked about getting the loose balls. We talked about communication was a part of playing hard. And then as we started to go, that became like our goal. Like the goal was we wanted to play hard every single workout. 
And so now we defined it, we put it on paper, they had to speak it back to us. And that became the goal of what we were trying to do uh, in our spring workouts. And, and so from there, we felt like we had great traction. We felt like that was something that kept them in the right space. And then we moved into uh, the summer with, with, with using the playing hard goals, but then adding to that and what we were trying to do in the summer. And then it, and it flowed from there. That's such a great example because, as you said, it's 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 rather difficult for players to understand what actually playing hard is, and for coaches, how we define it. And I think that's one of the most important things you can do is define for your players what it looks like and what it actually means to play hard. Correct, correct. And 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 I thought that was the thing that really helped us so much. Um, you know that the guy. And first of all, I thought there was some buy-in in terms of guys fully understanding, you know what, we were a pretty good offensive team in 18, 19, but we didn't defend and we didn't play hard. I, I thought they they bought into it. And then I thought that really kind of got us going uh, and was kind of a spark that we were able to kind of feed off all the way until the end of the end of last season. I want to stay a little general first until we get more specific in terms of some, some of the questions, but maybe just from a general perspective, how or what is your process behind getting crystal clear on what you truly want? Yeah. And so I've, you know, as I've gotten older, Chris, <laughs> you know, I've, I've really spoke and have listened to my players more than I ever had. And so when I was defining playing hard, I, I was not, I didn't want to hear what they had to say about that. You know, I was like, all right, we're going to find that. But other goals that we've set, we've actually have asked them, you know, what are the, what, you know, this summer, what are some of the things that you think we should try to accomplish? We're doing that right now. We set some goals right now in terms of what we want to accomplish uh, during the pandemic. And they came up with some really interesting things that I thought were, were really were great. And the more that we talk, I feel like the more we're, we stay on the same page and they start to regurgitate the things uh, that I might think are important because they're around me a lot. And then I, I, I you know, I've, I learned some things from them. And I think it's been a more of a collaboration with my staff and my players uh, more than anything. Uh, I have a vision of what I'm trying to do. Um, but I think the input that I've received from my players and my staff have have really enhanced that. And obviously, there's been a greater buy-in because the guys feel like they're a part of the process. That's great. And that's great to hear that empowerment and that part of the process. And then, and then the next kind of general question is about adopting a goal-setting process. Is there actually a process in place with you, with your staff, with the team that leads to a eventual goal? Yeah, you know, so we what we try to do um, is talk to them about, okay, you know, we're going to have some process goals. So we started in in the fall. This is just an example. Um, we wanted to have some process goals. And so we had to help them understand what are process goals. So these are the goals that you set to get to the outcome goals. So we didn't want, like, they, we, we let them come up with the, the outcome goals. And so the outcome goals were they wanted to lead the league in rebounding. They wanted to win the regular season championship and they wanted to win the, the tournament championship. And we were two games away from tying for the league championship and getting all three of those process goals. I mean, those, those outcome goals. 
Um, and so the process goals were more the things that we had to do every day um, and to, that would lead to those outcome goals. And so that was, I thought that was, that was awesome that they were, they had a hand in both, um, but they came up with, with what the outcome goals were going to be. And like, like I said, I thought it was something that they really took to heart and believed in. Uh, and you saw that on display as we as we played throughout the season, and especially when we got into league play, they fully were engaged in the things that we were trying to to get done. Which which is great to see that it connected. It just wasn't a goal. It's something that connected to practice and to games. And I want to come back to that too. And maybe the last general question is, what were some of the challenges in setting goals with your team? Um, you know, this was a very, uh, intelligent group. And I think because of the number of years that, that I coached, I had a good feel of what I thought was important. Um, you know, when I allowed them to have some stake in this, I thought they came up with very intelligent things. I didn't use all the stuff that they had given me, but, uh, used some of it. Um, I think the, the, the challenge is to stay consistent with the message that you're trying to send. Um, and so if you come up with, if you come up with, 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 you know, three or four things that you're trying to accomplish, then that's what you're talking about the bulk of the time. Uh, and I thought that's the challenge that you don't get caught off by, you know, we have, we have game goals that we want to accomplish and, you know, um, we're, we're, we're going to be consistent in what we're, what we're doing. Um, after every game, we're going to go over what the game goals were. Uh, but I think, you know, just making sure you're staying consistent with your message and giving space to be able to communicate those is what's challenging because we all know that at times you can get off track and maybe start to talk about some things that are hurting you, but they're not certain things that, you were talking about before. And so now the kids are, you know, they get a little disjointed because they don't really know where you're coming. Oh, now we want to talk about falling. Well, that's not something that we had been really discussing early on. And, and we know those things come up. Don't get me wrong. I know these, these things come up as you go, but trying to stay focused, more focused on the things that you made a priority and not getting off track. If there's a game that you did something not as well as you wanted to and all of a sudden now that becomes the thing that you're more focused on. I think earlier in my career, that's what I would do. I would kind of get off kilter because I was focused on these things. And then maybe, you know, we didn't make foul shots. And now I'm going crazy about foul shooting. Well, all right. Like the guys have to kind of know what's important. Uh, and it's all important, but there's got to be things that you stress more than others. Of course. And the other part, I mean, that seems challenging is that often coaches set goals with their team or without their team, whatever it may be, at the beginning of the season. And then they don't really connect them and talk Correct. about them really Correct. again in that way. What are some ways that you help connect them constantly to your team? So, like I said, we went we went through the spring. So I would make them communicate to me what playing hard meant. And that was that was the thing that we wanted to make sure when we left that they were communicating it back to me. So it's almost that they 
they were buying in because they have to know, they have to be able to communicate, they have to give examples. I, I made them give me examples after practice was over. Okay, what'd you think about practice? Hey, we, we thought we went hard. All right, what are some of the things that that you thought we did? And give them, give me some examples. Hey, when when there was a loose ball, you know, uh, Max got three loose balls and took a and took a charge. Those were examples of us playing hard. I made them give give examples out and the, and the, the assistants, the assistance as well. I use my players and my assistants uh, probably as much as anybody in terms of communicating. I don't want to be the only one doing the talking um, at times. And then in the summertime, we kind of came up with what we wanted our 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 uh, defense to look like. And then so we started, we had goals of what we wanted to accomplish in the summertime in terms of keeping the ball out of the middle, improving our ball screen defense, improving our communication. So what happened was some of the things that we talked about in playing hard started to overlap in some of our defensive things that we started to, that we started to employ. And then we got into the, the fall and then we added in some of the offensive things that we wanted to do and play unselfishly share the ball and and so those are the things that were kind of a common theme and I think that's the things that have helped us is more getting the feedback from them communicating it making sure that the assistants are communicating it and then like I said there's a connectiveness with what we're doing from the spring the summer and the fall and even when we got into games uh of having a similar message that we were sending in terms of our goals that we wanted to achieve. And, and it struck me too, like reading through some of the goals that these, these are really closely tied to non-negotiables of your program, right? Correct. 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 I, and I think that's the thing. Like, if you talk to my guys, they're, they're going to tell you, Hey, you're not letting them, you know, we, we don't let the ball in the middle. We rebound the ball at a high level. We communicate, we play hard. Those are the things that they're, they'll tell you straight out. You know, like we, we have a way that we play. Um, and, and once they, they fully understand that and they were engaged with that, I think we, we went to another level. And I thought the best thing that I did was I was kind of allowing them to drive this home. Um, because I was, I was allowing, I was, I was making sure that they were communicating um, with us about how they felt about practice and how they felt about games. We were, it was more of an exchange than it was me just talking to them about what I saw. So you talked about the players and their involvement. So let's maybe give us a little bit more specific idea. Is this presented to the players for discussion or is it more of a directed by players and coming back to you? No, it's 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 going to be more directed directed by me. And there are certain segments, like I said, I allowed them to have a say in what I thought our process and outcome goals were. Really, and cool. then I would and then I would say to them, you know, like. You know, this is this. I defined what playing hard was. I defined how we wanted to play offensively. But the way that I spoke with them was more than was more of an exchange of guys. We need to share the ball. Why do you think that's important? Instead of saying to them, "We got to share the ball," like I, I made them communicate to me why that would be important. Why? Why was I making that a goal? 
And so now they felt like they had a hand in it, even though I was the one that came up with that being important for us. Well, all, all great leaders make it seem like it's their idea. And uh, this, this definitely seems like that connects in that way. Yep. So coach, maybe let's get a little bit more specific in terms of some of these things and talk about some of the different areas where you, you and your team went through this goal setting uh, this goal setting process. Uh, you, you obviously, I'm assuming, did you start with team goals? We started, yeah. So we went, like I said, it, it was a, it, we went from the, the spring to the summer to the fall and then games. Um, and so the fall was when we kind of got together that most people would and say, okay, what, what do we want our goals to be? You could say those were the team goals at that time that we wanted to achieve. Okay. And then with the team goals, you would break that down into offense and defense. Yeah, we broke that down. Um, you know, it was it was more like, you know, what our process goals were, what our outcome goals were, and then how were we going to achieve achieve them? Um, and then we just talked about what our you know what our offensive goals were, what our defensive goals were, and those were kind of built in and how we play. And then we had a whole list of you know eight things once the game started of what our game goals were in terms of you know limiting turnovers, rebounding of certain percentage, um, assists, you know, you, you name it, we had that in there as well. Well, let's, let's do that a little bit. Let's go through, if, if you don't mind, a few of the defensive goals and just talk about maybe how not only did you set it, but how you tracked it and then what we did to obviously hold our team accountable for this. So, for example, one of your defensive goals, guarding one-on-one. Yeah, so that was something that we – we really talked about. And so the whole spring and summer, when we competed, we competed one-on-one. And even in the fall, we would keep track of wins and losses. And then after the end of the week, we would, we would say, okay, Max, you had, you had four wins and two, uh, we had a whole sheet and they would, they would say it. And then we would talk about it. They would see it. And then we would talk about it. So we were tracking how how they were competing so we went we went to the to the to the uh the spring we did a spring then we started up again in the summer and then we, in the preseason before the first game we played one-on-one almost every day and so they would see where they would be on our on our sheet um and i thought it really helped the competitiveness and it it obviously helped when our bigs were guarding guards because we do a lot of switching on ball screens at times and i saw that our bigs really got better their footwork and guarding our guards. So it was something that was, that was helpful in every way. Um, and it was built in because we made it, we made it a priority. We made it a goal to get better at guarding one-on-one. And then you saw how it impacted our defense. And obviously we, we wanted to be a, you know, a team that, that held people under 40, 43%. And so being able to guard one-on-one impacted that. You know, so there was again, it's it's all connected, even though at times you may be making something a little more of a priority than some other things. But at the end of the day, it impacted the big goal and the big goal was to be a good defensive team. Tremendous. And so these individual one on one sessions, uh, you know, obviously you you kept score, they were competitive. And then how did you connect that to the game then in terms of? Uh, the accountability and the goals for the game. 
So we have, you know, we, and I stole this from Jay Wright, we call it the attitude chart and it just tracks individual defense. And so we track the amount of times that you get beat. Um, you get beat middle. We, we track your closeouts. Um, all that stuff is tracked. So again, playing one-on-one in the spring and summer and fall impacts now when we go to the games, hopefully you're getting better and those scores are improving. And so that's how we kept track during games because we track individual individual defense during games. Hey coach, just a brief interruption of the podcast to hear from one of our supporters. There is no shortage of action going on with our partners over at betonline.ag. The sports world is slow making its way back with the NBA announcing its return in late July. But right now, UFC, boxing, NASCAR, and international soccer have all resumed play and BetOnline has the best odds lines for their upcoming games and matches. Need more? BetOnline has simulated an NFL, NBA, and UFC happening live every day for our devote gamblers to check out. BetOnline also offers hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and the best props in the business. Visit BetOnline.ag on your computer or mobile device and join now to receive your welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag, your online wagering experts. Now back to the podcast. So this attitude chart, um, so the tra- tracking and the rankings, is that something that's done in practice and it's done in games? We In other years, I've done it in practice. We didn't have the personnel uh, to do it the way I want. This year coming up, we feel like we, we well, hopefully will We'll have enough people. Um, so I would say that it, it's better used if you can do it in practice uh, so they could see it. We just did it in games this past year. Very cool. Very cool. And uh, maybe give us an idea of some of the categories, if you don't mind, on this attitude chart. Yeah, so we go, you know, we'll go, you know, we go blow buys, um, ball screen defense. Um, we go rebounding. Um Closeouts, contested shots, um, charges, um, and then the offensive ones would be like turnovers and fouls. So we track all that in in our in our attitude chart. Um, and then we have another chart that was awesome this year. You know, um, our director of basketball ops, um, Dan Ryan, who's now with uh, he left us for um, Southern Illinois, uh, not Southern Illinois, um, uh, Chicago. Um, Southern, uh, where do you go? Uh, ICU. Um, and so he came up with a nice chart that we started tracking. And, and basically what it did was it just attracted your offensive rebound rate. Um, so we had our, our fours and fives and some of our threes uh, were our, kind of our, our crashers, guys that would go to the glass. So we would just chart the amount of times that they went or they didn't go. And then it was also a defensive transition chart that we would chart the guys that were supposed to get back our halfbacks the guys are supposed to get back we charted the the amount of times that those guys got back properly and that was a chart that we went over after every game as well and i'm telling you that really enhanced um our our transition defense and our offensive rebound i thought we got better as the year went, went on because we tracked it and we went over it after every game and then you know we go we go over all this in front of the team and guys were competitive and then you know they didn't want to be last on the list i mean there was a lot of celebration going on when 
you know, when, when certain guys did well in the attitude chart and certain guys did well um, in our rebounding and transition defensive chart, um, it really helped us. Uh, we were a much better, much better transition defensive team this year and a much better rebounding team this year. And I thought a lot of it had to do with, with the, the, the fact that we were, we were charting it and going over it every game. How, how did you get this information to the players? Was there a summary sent to them after the game? Was it a discussion, individual meetings? Yeah. So we have so a combination of all that. So we, what we do is we meet as a team. We go over our, our game goals for the game. Did we make our game goals for the game? Um, we go over our attitude chart, um, where guys fell in the attitude chart, who won, um, and that's done quickly. We don't go through the we don't go through everybody on on the attitude chart. We just kind of talk about the guys who did well, and then we go through. We show the numbers individually and as a team of our rebounding and transition chart, and then we have we have individual meetings after every game, and during the meetings they go over the attitude chart individually with a player. They go over the rebounding transition defensive chart. And then we go through an edit, uh, offensive, defensive edit of the player for that game. And that's done. That's done individually. And uh, did you find I'm assuming uh, you've been doing this for a while, but the correlation between uh, success, achieving the goals and winning? Oh, there's no doubt. I think the one thing it helped me with is that there was just a level of consistency. We didn't always play well. Uh, Chris, but I thought we were doing the things that we talked about doing. Some games we do them a little bit better than others, but consistently we were doing the things that we were talking about doing. Um, and as the year went on, we were getting better and better at it. Um, and so the focus, um, they could, I think they could start to see, wow, this is really working. I think early on we were still trying to find ourselves. But as the year went on, we, we definitely got better at it. And, and certainly, I think it was a way for our guys to stay focused on the right things. I mean, we had, you know, we had probably four games, four to five games this year at the, the last third of the season where we were down double figures and came back and won in one game. I think we won four that way. And then one game, we, we were down double figures and ended up losing by one. And so it was a team that was really was able to kind of stay focused on the things that, um, that we were about, you know, I think this team really stayed true to who we were. So one thing about goals, and I know you've thought about this, sometimes when you, you encourage goals that then you discourage kind of upside versus just settling for achieving the goals, like, Oh, we achieved the goal. Well, that's not ultimately the goal, is it? Cause we always want to push beyond the goal. So can you yep. talk about that process a little bit too? Yeah, I think we, you know, we we set a we set some some numbers, but I don't think we really get into wow, we got our number. Like there are days that I I'll say, all right, I thought we I thought we hit our number, but I thought we could have played better. And these are some things we could have done better. I think we have a we have a growth mindset, Chris, that we're always trying to get better. I don't think our guys are satisfied just because they hit hit the goal. I think we've done a pretty good job of at least this past year of talking to them in a way that we're always trying to improve that, you know, it's not about, it's not about the number. Um, it's more about how we're, how are we doing things? 
Um, I had a great conversation with Jay Wright um, recently. I called him and said to him, I said, you know, Jay, this is probably the best culture that I've ever been able to establish at BU. Um, and, you know, obviously I want to maintain that. Um, and, and, and then we kind of talked and I said to him, I go, what did you do? What were, give me a couple things that you felt like you did once you got things going in the right direction. What were some of the things that you think you, you did well to kind of keep to keep it going the way that you have for so long? And he said, you know, everything that I do, I think about how it's going to affect my culture. If I recruit this kid, how is it going to affect our culture if he comes? If I play this kid, how is it going to affect our culture? If I allow this to happen, how is it going to impact my our culture? And I think that's the way I am. I I feel good that he said that because that's the thing that I'm trying to drive home here. It's not about the number. It's more about how we're playing, how are we doing things. Um, I think that's the message that we're sending more than just throwing some numbers out and saying we got this goal, if that makes sense. No, it does. And I think that's that's exactly what if you do have goals that you understand that, again, we're trying to constantly reevaluate those goals as well. And you already mentioned that, that there's game goals that are different from game to game against this team. Hey, this goal should be a little higher. And this team, hey, listen, the goal might be a little lower without even saying that. I assume that's part of this process. Yeah, there's no doubt when you know, we're coming up with our game plan, you know, that would be the key. I mean, you know, there's going to be times where a team's going to, you know, they shoot a lot of threes where you're going to try to limit some threes, you know, but they're going to probably get more off than other teams. So if you set a game goal of, you know, your game goal was to allow them to, you know, take, you know, whatever, you know, 20 threes, but it's a team that shoots a lot of them. Well, you know, they may get off more. Um, and so those are things that are important that they understand uh, that there's, you know, that's the game of basketball. You have to be able to, to, to have things that you're focused on, but you have to be able to adapt. Well, and that's a, an example. Again, if you, if you guys are crushing your defensive rebounding percentage goal, then you can reestablish it to a higher benchmark to strive for because, hey, listen, we're this good and we can be even better. Yes, yes. I think our guys understand that. It's all about a growth mindset, man. It's all about trying to get better and trying to improve. Um, and that's where I'm trying to get our guys – uh, mentally uh, in terms of that. And going into another season with this now, what, what, what changes would you make to some of these goals? And is it roster driven somewhat? For example, is it a lower offensive rebounding percentage for a smaller, quicker team, but maybe raise another goal to compensate for that? Yeah, is that that's, part of your thinking? That, I love it, Chris. I think I should have you on my, on my staff, at least be, someone that could come in and talk because that's exactly where we are right now this summer uh, as a staff uh, talking about just that um, because that's exactly what's going to happen. We lose a guy like Max Mahoney, who was a, who was arguably the best player in the league and he was a tremendous rebounder on both ends. And we still think we should be a great rebounding team, but I think we also have the personnel where we can turn some people over. And so those are things that we're, that we're talking about now that I'm going to, uh, take a look, a hard look at as we start to go through. The thing about this group that I have right now, if we if we keep them focused on the things that we think are important and we reinforce those things, our guys will 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 play to that. They will give us the they will give back to the things that we're talking about every day and we're reinforcing. And as long as we're consistent with that, we're going to be in good shape, Chris. Because I think these guys really believe in in what we're doing. But I want to make sure we're clear 
and what we what what this team how this team this year can have success and that's going to be a little different than some of the things that we did last year but the playing hard part is not going to change i mean those things that i deemed as playing hard they will continue to be the things that we talk about um and we might add um you know uh keeping the ball out of the middle because that's something uh, we may make that a bigger part of what we've been doing because that's something that we felt like we didn't do a great job of. Well, I'm glad you talked about that because, again, this comes back to, do you distinguish between goals that are more or less under your control? As you said, for example, what's a non-negotiable and isn't going to change much is playing hard. But do you distinguish between what's more or less under your control and maybe what some of the goals are that are less under your control as a team from a game to game basis? Yeah, yeah, certainly. I think, um, you know, we will talk about those things uh, as we're going through. Um, You know, there's there are teams that are, you know, you know, great you know, great rebounding teams, you know, you're going to go play West Virginia and you're, you know, you're, you, you try to set the same goals, but I'm smart enough to know if we can go in and, you know, we can do certain things against the West Virginia uh, with their size and girth and length that we're going to feel good. And I'll communicate that to that. We might, we may go into the game uh, and not talk about changing that goal, but when the game is over, um, I think I'll be realistic in what I'm saying to them um, if we didn't get those those offensive and defensive rebounding goals that we wanted to get um, because of their size and length and, and what we were up against that night. But if they had great effort in that way, then I will talk I will talk to them about that. I will reinforce that I thought the effort was really good um, and we weren't able to, to, to get this goal, but the effort, and the focus was very good. Let's just keep that going. I think that's going to help us in the future. I think there's a way that you can say those things to them uh, and not necessarily even change the goal. Just just be able to talk with them a little bit about those types of situations when they do come up. So let's give an in-game scenario for a second. So, for example, uh, if you have the goal to win three-point percentage battle and the other team is on fire shooting, say, 60%, <laughs> do you emphasize better defense or do you focus on the goal? Or what? how do you connect them back to the goal that, hey, listen, you know, this is the goal. Let's get back to it. Yeah, no, we build in. We build in within our philosophy. So we stick more to the philosophy than what that goal might be. The one goal that I'll talk about at times – with them is something that we call bricks, right? So we want to get six stops in a row, um, six times in a game. Um, or th- I'm sorry, three stops in a row, six times in a game. And so there'll be times where my assistant might say, hey, we're, we're one away from a brick, or one of the players will say it, or I'll say it in a huddle. Those are things at times that we'll say, um, we may, we don't really, at halftime, we may talk about how we're doing with the rebounding, how we're doing with keeping the ball out of the middle or how we're doing with, 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 with things, but we don't necessarily talk about goals while, while we're competing. That's the brick is the one that we, we tend to bring up at times. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great. But it struck me too, just as you were saying that and, and all the different things you've said, how important, all of these things, especially this goal setting process is to creating this consistent language for your players. 
that this constantly comes back to language for you and phrasing. Yes. Yes. I, I picked that up from, from Jay at an early time. And then I had to, you know, I had to really find my own way. I had to kind of figure out for myself what, how I, you know, what, what worked for me as a coach. And so even for me, you know, I'm a high energy guy. I, you know, I get myself going, but you know, this, these things kind of help keep me focused on what's important and what's right. Um, it's been helpful for me. Um, you know, and I think that's the, that's the whole key is that, you know, I felt like when I worked for Jay, you know, he had a very consistent message and that he's continued to send that same message home. I, I said to him on the, over the phone, a few things about, you know, what are things that you do in the summer? Like, what are some of the things that you do to get better in the summer? You're watching your film. Like, what are, you know, we have all this time right now, right? So I'm picking everybody's brain, right, Chris? Like, what, what, are, what, do, what do guys do with all this time that we have right now? Uh, and, he, and he's like, he's like, listen, I'm doing the same things I did when we were in Hofstra. I'm talking about playing hard, playing smart, playing together, and playing with pride. That is what he does. And so there are things that go into that, but those are the goals. That's what he's trying to achieve with his team every year. Um, and he stays very consistent with that. Um, you know, that works for him, you know, and so this has, this has really developed and it works for me. Um, and so, it, you know, it, you know, for me, I felt like I wanted to keep my guys locked in and then I wanted to be able to add certain things that were going to be important. Like I didn't, I wasn't worried about our, our, you know, our team defense in the, in the spring, I was really more worried about other aspects of playing hard was the thing I wanted them to get. So then in the spring, I mean, the summer, now we started talking about more of the individual defense. We started talking about more of the team defensive stuff. And then, and then, you know, in the summer, maybe I wasn't as worried about, you know, us, you know, maybe sharing the ball, you know, because we're trying to get guys better then in the in the in the in the summer and in, in the fall now we jump on that and then we we start to add that and we start to add that into the things that we're trying to improve on so it was just a way to kind of keep our guys focused and keep the staff focused on what we thought we needed to get done in order to be you know a team that could that could win a championship and a team that could be successful well, and evidence proves it so. So it's great. And coach, maybe with the role of the upperclassmen now, uh, with your newcomers coming into your program, what what's their role in creating buy-in and reinforcement of this goal process? Yeah. So I, it was funny. I had a great quote, um, and I sent it to our players. I don't have it now, but it basically talked about how your upperclassmen have to teach and also they have to model what you're all about um, and how that is how that impacts our freshmen so that's one thing that I think is is important is what our upperclassmen do you know when they're having conversation right now and they are whether it's group chat or zoom or you know uh, you know snap whatever they're doing, you know, our freshmen are asking questions there. And what are, what are our upperclassmen talking to them about? You know, what, are they talking to them about what's important? What are we all about? Are they, are they talking to our guys about our core values? You know, are they telling them about, hey, we, we, you know, we contest every shot. We keep the ball out of the middle. We're, we have physicality in the paint. We get to loose balls. This is what coach is going to be talking about. We play unselfishly. We have great spacing. You know, are they – having those conversations with our guys and 
you know, when I talk to my freshmen, they'll they'll come back and say, hey, you know, yeah, we had a great talk about brotherhood today. You know, they told me all about our core values. So some of this is being spurred by our staff talking to our upperclassmen about, um, you know, hey, you're going to be in this group chat. You know, these are things I want you to discuss. Other conversations are they're having because, you know, they're they're trying to help the young guys get acclimated to what we what we do. Um, I think those are things I feel good about is that our our older guys are speaking the language um, and they're making sure the young guys understand. So you've talked about uh, the involvement of your staff. So maybe just the, the obvious question becomes, are certain members of your staff responsible for certain tracking or accountability of certain goals? Yeah. Um, we just have given guys more responsibility in other areas. Um, and so, for instance, Coach Corbin, um, he's a guy that, you know, we lean on for, for defense. So he's a guy that uh, him and I will come up with our breakdown drills of the day. Uh, he may be in charge of some, some drills in the, on the defensive end. Not that the other two assistants aren't involved at all, but he might be the guy that is more involved in that area. And just an example, this summer we had individual Zoom sessions. I had Walt break down the strengths and weaknesses of each guy defensively. And then he also went through the attitude chart and kind of showed them the things that they did well and things they have to get better at and made a breakdown defensive edit for each player. And then he did that on his own. Um, he, you know, him and I went through it. Uh, I added some stuff, took some stuff out, but that was kind of his thing. And so we try to give our assistants responsibilities in certain areas where they can kind of reinforce what we're doing and drive some point, some point, some points home. Yeah, very, very cool. And, uh, you know, the, the other part, I guess, for me that stands out is how much of it you share with your players during certain times, like how much you, how much information do you provide to your players? And I guess there's certain times where you can provide them more information than others, as you alluded to with in-game versus out-of-game. But is there a, this ebb and flow of providing information to them? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's reinforced. I, I think the one thing that you pointed out that that I'd like to do this summer is do it more once a week before games start. You know, all right, we're going to go through – our attitude chart, how many charges did you take? How many, I mean, files, you know, and just have some, you know, so we can have some data and some conversation. Uh, I'd like to share that more with them. I think we, we don't, there are certain aspects, like when we went through, I'll give this an example. We went through the process goals, right? So these were the process goals. We, these were our outcome goals. We didn't talk about that. Just that we didn't go over that until about until December when they got back from Christmas break. We said, OK, let's talk about our, our process goals. Let's talk about our outcome goals. How are we doing? And then we had an elaborate conversation about that. Coaches were included. We And then we didn't talk about the process of outcome goals again until we met when the season was over 
And we said, okay, how do we think we did with our process and outcome goals? And then we had a conversation about that. So, but the process and outcome goals, they're kind of embedded in all the other things that we're doing because we're talking about a lot of the same things. Hey coach, just a brief interruption of the podcast to hear from one of our supporters. There's no shortage of action going on with our partners over at betonline.ag. The sports world is slow making its way back with the NBA announcing its return in late July. But right now, UFC, boxing, NASCAR, and international soccer have all resumed play. And BetOnline has the best odds, lines for their upcoming games and matches. Need more? BetOnline has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening live every day for our devote gamblers to check out. BetOnline also offers hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and the best props in the business. Visit betonline.ag on your computer or mobile device and join now to receive your welcome bonus. Betonline.ag, your online wagering experts. Hey coach, just a brief interruption of our podcast to take time to tell you about one of our supporters, manscaped.com. Ow, damn. Those are the screams I used to make when I would cut myself shaving before I knew about Manscaped. Thank you, Manscaped, for turning my loud shrieks into multiple peaks. Coaches, it's great to be able to share a product that I've used. I can confirm that Manscaped.com works. Men start taking notes because Manscaped accidents are finally a thing of the past. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 has been beautifully designed to reduce those painful nicks tugs. This is their third generation trimmer featuring advanced skin safe technology so you keep your bad boys nice and smooth. The Manscaped engineering team obsesses over technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience and they spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The water-resistant technology allows you to shave in the shower too. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. You need to try this out for yourself. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair, A-R-M-C-H-A-I-R, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code armchair. Your balls will thank you. Now back to the podcast. So yes, this is tremendous, by the way, coach. This is is great to hear this depth and kind of to connect all these things to to goal setting, which again, sometimes is just this one time at the beginning of the year process of setting goals. So uh, diving deeper, maybe into something that's subjective, because you know, I, we all get it. Win the free throw battle. Very, you know, very simple to say, did you win it or did you not? (laughs) How about something subjective, like win the 50, 50 battle, a little bit more subjective. What are some things that can can cause some problems in tracking certain, some of these subjective goals? So let me say this to you. I'm a young assistant on Jay Wright's staff. So we're going through Jay's doing the, the, the attitude chart, and, and I was very similar. I was one of these guys that was like, I didn't, I didn't really get it. Like, you know, I felt like, all right, this guy, you know, he, he wins it. He's, you know, he's, you know, Jay does it, they, and Jay does it differently. And I just felt like, 
all right, like, I didn't see the connectedness. I didn't, I didn't get the whole thing. I was a young assistant. I didn't really understand it all and how it connected. And then once I started coaching and I became a head coach and I saw how difficult it was to kind of keep everything connected. So some of the subjective stuff wouldn't get guys, you know, screwed up. Then I started to understand. So when you talk about the 50 50 battle, you know, that's something that, you know, we we're, 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 we're trying to attract the best of our ability, you know, but I think it's something that our guys understand because they feel it connect. They, they feel like it connects to what we're trying to do. So I'm sure there's some times where guys feel like, man, I thought I had more 50 50 balls than what you gave me. That definitely happens. Like when we're doing the attitude chart, they're going to complain about certain things, but I think that's good. Like, I think if somebody felt like, Hey, I got cheated out of a, out of a 50 50 ball. I think that's a good conversation to have because at least he's, he cares about it. You know, like to me, I think that's, that's okay. I couldn't agree more. I mean, that's one of the things I learned really young as a coach from some good mentors is about players complaining and almost looking to cheat sometimes within your competitive <laughs> is a good thing, right? It's okay, it's man. Yeah. It's okay. No, I'm with that. And, 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 and Christy, honest with you, I listen to your stuff all the time. And there's a lot of stuff that you say that I really, really um, agree with. And, and it's only become out of experience. I think, when I was a younger coach, I just didn't see how these things connected the way that I do now. Um, it's really helped in so many ways. I mean, even allowing my players uh, to have a say or at least make them feel like they have a say with things is so important uh, to me and what we're trying to do. Well, I don't know if you know some of those things off the top of your head, but I'd love to talk about some of them because I, I think, again, what you're saying is the difference between theory to practice, which is the real challenge for so many coaches right now without teams to coach, is they're getting so much theory. Oh, that theoretically sounds great. Yeah. I'm going to do it. Yeah. The practice yeah. is different. No question. No question. No question. And, you know, I think – you know, you know, just having like, to me, if I was talking to a young coach, because you're going to get better with experience, but having a kind of a broad idea of what you're trying to do and trying to, and trying to stay true to that and not letting all the details kind of get you off track and look at things more in a big picture, I think is, is, is a key. And so what I try to do is bring some goals in to kind of keep the focus on the big picture of things than to get inundated by the other things that, that can get you off track. Love it. Love it. Such good advice. And uh, as you're saying that, it also struck me, like, are there goals for coaches as well as for players within your program? We did, you know, because I think we did, we did some soul searching, Chris, man. And I mean, you know, we went into this year and I thought that our staff was fantastic. And I, I thought, you know, just like anything else, I thought we, we needed to give more as a staff. We did a lot of work uh, together. 
uh, I actually brought in a woman that 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 used to work with us. She's not with us anymore, but she she ran a leadership program at BU, and now she's at uh, the University of Cal. Uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Uh, Marissa Nichols, she she was fantastic, and and she really helped uh, us, I think, get to a get to a really good place as a staff. Um, and so, you know, I don't know if I gave our guys goals. I, I just I challenged all of us to be better, uh, to be better teachers, to be better leaders, uh, to give more time. Um, you know, we 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 came up with some things that just like the players that were kind of non-negotiable before and after practice, we were going to stay on the floor uh, 30 minutes before, 30 minutes after. Uh, we were just going to put more time into our players. Uh, we're going to put more time in player development. Um, we just wanted to change things up. We wanted to be better. Uh, you know, and that's the thing that I that I that I did. I I don't know if I came up with any goals for them. As much, and if those are the goals, I, I guess those would be the goals. Would would have been, you know, really putting more time in to helping our players be successful. And not that we weren't working hard. I just felt like we could we we could improve and we can get better. Um, and our staff really stepped up. In fact, we we give our players an evaluation uh, after after the year's over and we say okay you know we we want to know we want we, you know we have a growth mentality as a staff we want to get better we want to know what you think you know what are things that we could what are things that we could have done as a staff uh what are things that we did well what are things that we can get better at um and they all said i mean we had a ton of guys comment on how impactful the staff was this year and and they could see the improvement uh, and the work that we did in the off season. So, you know, to answer your question, that, that would, that would be a thing. I don't think those would be the goals that I, that, that uh, we came up with um, going into this, the, into the season. Well, I, I know you like these conversations like I do. And, and, and again, this stimulates our thinking as we're doing it. And I don't know, this is totally theoretical, but finding some way to have coaches have some goals that the players can be involved in tracking would make it much more relatable and probably build buy-in even more than anything. The fact that there's this process both ways, again, yeah, within reason, that? but yeah, it would be yeah. fun too, I think. Yeah, no, no, listen, listen, man. Like I think, and I haven't gone there yet, Chris, right? I, I haven't gone there, but. I'm not I sure do. anyone has coach. That's why I'm saying it just yeah, off the yeah. top of my head. But I do, but I'll tell you this, I'll tell you this. And our guys know that. Um, they know one thing is this. If they ask a question, they know we're not going to give them some BS. If we don't know the answer to the question, we're not going to tell them something that's not, we're going to wait until we do know the answer. I think, and I let my guys know up front, hey, we're, we're learning. We're, we're all learning. You know, we're all getting better, you know, and I think, my guys, like I'll I'll text with a kid now, Javante McCoy, our starting point guard. I'll send him a text the other night and said, "Hey, I'm watching the American game, and you know, you know they they run the Princeton offense, and when they get the ball on the on the top of the key, and there's a guy on the wing, they're gonna they're gonna they're they're usually gonna go into that's a tendency of theirs to go to a dribble handoff to a ball screen, like that's what they do, and I said, you know." we're, we're struggling with 
switching that because we switched guard to guard dribble handoffs. And so we had a conversation through text. And he said, well, part of the problem is sometimes, coach, we're trying to blow up handoffs. We get that. We see somebody about to hand the ball off. We're trying to blow it up and then we're not anticipating. But that helped me, you know, like. Like, I don't know if I would know I would have known that's what that's what he's thinking unless he felt free enough to say that to me. And in other years, I don't know if we would have had that kind of exchange where I'm learning what he's seeing and what he's feeling. And that's where we are right now as a program, that they know that when we win, we win together. When we lose, we, we, we lose together. And there's none of this blame stuff that's going on. We're all just trying to get better. And they know, like, if, I, if we screw something up and the game plan wasn't tight, I'll be the first to raise my hand and say, you know what, man, we didn't get it done today. You know, we should, we could have, we should have been better for you guys tonight. And there's other times where I'll tell them, Hey guys, this, you guys got to take the onus more on this one. You know, there's other things I could have done, but I think this is some areas there. You guys have control of this. You got, and I think this was the first year, Chris, that I felt like our guys really understood that. And it's a lot of it is because of all the things that we've already talked about. The other, it's such a great, story because the other part of that is how probably as coaches a few years ago, even maybe now we're like, Oh, face-to-face is so important with players. And it is, but players are more open on text. They're more open on WhatsApp in some ways to say what they actually mean. And have you found that too in this time that because you have more of these texting relationships, kids are more likely to tell you more things that I find useful. You know what? I have not, because we've, we've also called and we've Zoomed, but I would think that that would be very true. Like, I think that would be very true because that's, you know, th- th- we have guys sometimes where I'll say, okay, I called you and then I text you right after you text me back. Pick up the phone, you know, like, <laughs> like but they, they like to communicate through text. They definitely do that for sure. I, I can say I'm the same sometimes, coach. I prefer text to phone sometimes. So. <laughs> It tends to get right to the point, and, I, and yes, that's kind of yeah. how I'm wired sometimes. Yeah, yeah, no, I got that, man. I got that. I totally get that. <laughs> that's great. That's great. I get that. um, back to the uh, the the offensive rebounding because you you shared with me some of those numbers and the significant improvement, and obviously part of that is emphasis, part of that is teaching points. But do you attribute a lot of it to the fact that you just made this such a goal priority within your program? No doubt. Well, I'll tell you, it's funny. It's funny because they came up with that. That was one of the process goals that they came up with, that they wanted to lead the league in rebounding. And so I was like, oh, that is awesome. That I was so proud of them. And they went out and they were, I mean, they were tremendous. They really were, man. And it was led by Max Mahoney and, and Walter White, but they were just absolutely tremendous. And it wasn't something that, and I, and I think, Chris, we could have been even better if we would have, if we had the, the, if we were to track more stuff in practice and find the space to talk about it more in practice, I thought we would have been even better. Because I thought we we were talking about rebounding in practice. We were talking about we're not, but we weren't tracking it like we tracked it in the game. And we were still terrific this year. 
And before everyone texts you and asks you for your best offensive rebounding drill, because you've had this significant <laughs> increase, it was not an offensive rebounding drill, right? No, it was not. No, it was not. No, it was not. And I, and I did think, I did think they would go into a game like, hey, you know, if I don't go, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to, you know, and we didn't put them on blast where we're going to ridicule them because you, you know, you went 50% of the time or 30% of the time, but they knew, all right, this is going to be something that we're going to be talking about. I know that that was in the back of their heads because they told me that and they got better as the year went on because we kept reinforcing it. And I thought we did it in the way I just think like when you sit down with the team, you know, this Chris, like none of those guys want to be embarrassed. Right. So yeah. when I was younger, that's what I would do. We, we, we watched film and I would rip guys. I would do, you know, I would do what most coaches do. And it was just unpleasant for everyone, for me included. Now I'm going to tell you right now, I'm a fiery guy. There's times we get in a meeting and I'm going to, I'm going to get into a guy, but more than that, we're trying to build an atmosphere. We're trying to build an atmosphere of growth, of a growth mindset where guys feel like one, they're free to express themselves and that, all right, you might not have got, you might not have done it today, but this is what you're capable of. So let's let's go do it tomorrow. You know, that's kind of the whole thing. Is like, all right, let's. We know we didn't get it done today, but let's be ready for the next opportunity that we get, and let's go practice now and get better. That's kind of the message. Instead of ripping guys, and now you're you're sending them out to practice where guys are all funky because you just rip rip dudes for you know for 20 minutes and now the atmosphere is 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 gone and 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 I think mentally they're giving more thought to being yelled at to the thing or to the things that you think are important so that's kind of the difference in me as a coach now than I than than how I was well and it speaks to the fact too that you're creating realistic and measurable goals right so you can always come back to the players and say hey listen is this not realistic enough for yeah, you guys yeah. do we have go. to adjust it because clearly you're not meeting my expectations there you go there and there and there it is coach there it is it, it allows you it allows you to teach in a way where they are a part of this they're a part of it and they don't and you don't even have to do what i do and ask them what their input is but if you talk to them that way it it helps it'll help being a college coach, I guess I'm curious, are, do you now use this a little bit in the recruiting process? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I'm all about, I'm going to meet with a kid in a couple of days and I'm all about just, all right, what, you know, what's your goal? You know, what do you want to do? You know, I'm, I'm asking him, how, how do you, how do you want to achieve that? What are the things, what are the things that you think you need to work on to get that way? You know, how do you, you know, what do you think? What do you think? Some of the things that are going to be hard for you to be able to achieve, uh, and and in order to get to where you're trying to go, what will be the obstacles? Like I'm, I'm asking him. You know, that's what I do. And then I'll say, okay, these are things that I think you have to think about. I won't tell him like, all right, you got to do this, 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 and this. I'll say these are things that, in my experience, these are things that that you really have to think about as you start to go through um, and do what you're trying to do. And that's not to say, Chris, that I don't have some hard to sit, you know, conversation with some kids that I think are just not realistic. Um, sometimes you have to be, you have to tell them like, you know, Hey, you know, you're not being realistic here. These are things I think you need to focus on, but 
you know, for the most part, um, as much as I can understand what they're, where they're coming from, the more I feel like I can help them and the more I feel they'll, they'll be open to hear what I have to say. I do a lot more listening than talking now, Chris. Well, and I'm curious with that then, like the awareness of a player, that must be appealing to you if they have a, a pretty good awareness of self and what they can become. Yeah, no, 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 no doubt. And they all need help. We all know that. Um, but, I, you know, a lot of times I'd like to see like, all right, did you really give this some thought? You know, is this something that you're just you just want or have you really thought about this? Um, do you have a plan? You know, um, I think a lot of kids, sometimes they have thoughts on what they want to do, but I don't know if they really sat down and, and develop a plan for what they're, you know, what they're, where they're trying to go. And those, those things become goal setting, you know, because now you're putting some things down on paper of what you're trying to do and how you're going to go, how you're going to go and do it. It's more about how you're going to go do it than what you're trying to do. It's more about that. How you, you know, how, you know, how do you, how do you see yourself going about this? No question. Uh, coach, maybe as a, as a wrap up type of question here, if, if you now look back on the list of goals that you created this year, uh, along with your team, what are some things that you would have liked to have seen included that you didn't, if anything? Well, one thing, and, and look, we're, we're, we're talking about a lot of different things, but I'll say this. The one thing that we, you know, we came up with our core values and there was one thing that within our core values, we really did not, the guys did not feel like they were, they, that they had done a great job in terms of having a level of open-mindedness to each other. Um, and I didn't, I don't know if I, there were instances where I felt like I saw that, but I didn't, I didn't do a lot about that. I, you know, I saw that and kind of let it go as, all right, you know, kids are going to get into it a little bit. Um, but they felt at the end of the year, it's what they said. They thought that they struggled at times with being able to, to kind of communicate to each other and have have them hear each other out on things. And that's one thing that I thought was maybe a little bit better than what they said it was. And so that that that's something that, and that wasn't a goal necessarily, but it was something that we tried to pride ourselves on in terms of our core values. If that answers your question. Yeah, it's very insightful and, and very introspective in that sense too, just to be able to say, again, how can we make this better? How yes. can we get better doing this? Cause that's yes. really, again, you're a coach, you're wired that way, right? No question. We just had a, we made them listen to a Ted talk and it was about, it was awesome. It's about, um, they basically went into a, a very successful business and they were talking about, how they're, you know, how they give criticism, open criticism, honest criticism to each other. And they had a gentleman who uh, had just been hired recently, had a lot of success at different companies. He came in uh, and he gave a presentation and it wasn't very good. And his boss crushed him. And then he said he ended up getting, you know, three or four emails from, from people that he was working with that 
kind of crushed them as well. And then he said he kind of went and asked other people about what they thought and they crushed them. And he said it was the best thing, one of the best learning experiences he's ever had. And I was not expecting that. I was expecting a different reaction. And it was all about like this guy having a growth mentality that he wanted to hear. He sought out these other people to hear more about what he could have been, what he could have done better and why it wasn't, why it wasn't good. And so many of us would never do something like that. We would never venture out and ask for more criticism after we just got ripped by our boss. <laughs> you know, we might seek out people that would tell us the same thing. I mean, or tell us things that we would want to hear. He was, he, he went to seek out advice on why it wasn't good. I thought that was incredible. And it, it just, you know, it, it, you know, it was something that we went through with the guys over Zoom. It was awesome. Um, I thought they got a lot out of that. And I think that's kind of where we're trying to go with this is like, you know, use that for growth. You know, though that's fuel to get better. You know, someone giving you some advice or criticizing what you're doing, you got to use it for, you know, use it in a way that you can you can improve yourself. Uh, it's such a great point because long, long ago, we turned criticism into a really negative thing. Yes, when in did. reality, yes, it's... It's so important and it's necessary. And to reframe that for your players is yep. so important. That's, so as important. you said, that's growth mindset. Listen, you can, there's so much, I mean, I think that's the thing. Like if you can reshape and improve the way that they view things and they see things and they feel, if you can, if you can do that, to me, that's the essence of coaching. If you're able to do that, I think the rest of this, cause that's what you want to equip them with. You want to equip them with, the ability to be able to handle the world and improve themselves and have an impact on others. And if you can do that as a coach, I think that's the, it's the greatest thing that we're doing out here. Tremendous, tremendous coach. I cannot thank you enough for taking the time and sharing this with all of us. Hey man, I'm a huge, listen, I'm a huge fan. I, and, and I have to say this, I, you know, I had heard a ton about, yeah, you know, I, I saw you, you speak, you did such a great job at Brad Stevens clinic who I love, by the way, Brad Steve, that guy is the best. And he did such a wonderful job. And, and so I, I started listening more and more uh, to, to your guests and the questions that you asked. And, man, I've just I've, I've gained so much knowledge from listening to you and, and the others that have been on. So I appreciate you having me on, my man, and uh, look forward to keeping in touch. Absolutely, Coach. I look forward to that, too. Thanks for listening. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and to give the Basketball Podcast and this week's guest a shout out on social media to show your support for us sharing the game. And to stay up to date on all things Basketball Immersion, subscribe to our newsletter at basketballimmersion.com newsletter. Mm-hmm.